This is Generation Education. Join educator Ruth Baynott Mondays at 11 a.m. as she explores modern parenting, physical, emotional and social development from pregnancy through adulthood. Mondays at 11 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. Today is Rare Disease Day and I've got on the line with me Kelly Duplessis from Rare Disease South Africa. Hi Kelly. Hi. Thank you for joining us this morning. Kelly, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization? Yeah, thanks, Ruth. So I am the founder and CEO of Rare Diseases South Africa. And the organization was born really from personal need of the diagnosis of my own son with a rare condition back in 2010. And at the time, there was very little support available to patients with rare conditions. And more importantly, access to many of the life-saving treatments that are required was exceptionally difficult. So at that stage, she was the first patient uh, with his condition that any application had been made for, for any form of reimbursement. And um, it was obviously declined. And I knew that without this medication, my son wasn't going to make it. So I kind of made it my mission to do what was necessary and advocate for him. And in that process, met a lot of other families along the way that had gone through similar stuff and were also battling in terms of trying to get even just basic recognition. And I mean, it's not always about complicated therapies, but sometimes just access to pain relief, et cetera, for their children and their you know, loved ones with rare conditions. And that's how the organization was born. That's incredible. And in terms of statistics, I don't know if you are, have that sort of info, what would you say is the amount of, well, you know, I'm focusing very much on children. So what would you say is the amount of children currently in South Africa that are being diagnosed with rare diseases? So South African is impacted. Our prevalence is one in 15 South Africans is estimated to be impacted by a rare condition. And 50% of those would be anticipated to be children under the age of five. Wow. So you would put that down to just over 2 million children under the age of five that would be impacted. So it's a significant, it's a significant chunk. And unfortunately, there's this perception that because these conditions are rare, they don't exist. But they are collectively common. So if you take all the collective 7,000 rare conditions and you collectively put them together, they are quite common. It's because you generally won't find two patients diagnosed with the same rare condition. And that creates this, um, this understanding, this perception that they are incredibly rare. Right. So it's almost a case of, let's say there's a specific disease and there'll only be maybe 20 patients in South Africa that actually have it. Is that basically what you're actually saying? Yeah, correct. That's exactly it. But if you stuck us all together, uh, we'd be 4 million people. Right, which actually unity creates a bigger voice. And on that note, have you found that being part of a bigger group has actually created a change in being able to get those very important medications or getting the doctors that might not have been available or any other medical care? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that, you know, strength lies in the numbers, which is why, you know, things like rare disease day are so important is because it, it actually creates, it's not just about the awareness day. It's not about, you know, purchasing a badge or, uh, you know, participating in the event. It's it's really about the bigger conversation that it drives. And in South Africa, I can honestly say that when I started and I, I was thrust into this world, you know, almost 11 years ago now, there was very, very little recognition for patient support groups as well. 
Um, and we were almost pushed aside to some extent, even by the medical professions. You know, to a large extent, it was an uncommon thing to have to engage with patient advocacy groups and patients on political or um, legislative issues. Whereas now, a decade mm. later, there's definitely been a shift in thinking around that. And I'd say that the patient voice has been largely um, the reason for the changes that we are currently seeing, even with the build-up to things like national health insurance. Yeah. You're starting to see that the you know patient voices are really becoming a critical component to the public perception around that. Yeah, and it's such a necessary. Just because it's a rare disease doesn't mean that that patient doesn't deserve the medical care. And I wanted to ask you, Kelly, in terms of rare diseases and support for parents and for children what support is there out there in terms of groups or people getting together just to kind of share their stories yes i think historically there was this notion that everybody had to develop their own support group and that's what made it very very difficult particularly i mean you're not going to start a support group with three people right you may as well just Correct. have a whatsapp group with the three of you so, um, and that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to provide an umbrella organization where those smaller, much smaller groups can still get the benefit of being affiliated to a larger organization and have the governance and structure of a formalized NPO, but they have the flexibility to be able to just provide support in those small groups. And I can tell you from a patient perspective, having access to someone who's walked it and who's gone through it is far more valuable than any information anyone's ever going to give you in a, in a doctor's room, in a waiting room, even online. You, Absolutely. That, it's understanding, it's the intimate understanding that, you know, I always say patients don't get overwhelmed by the diagnosis. They get overwhelmed by the everyday impact of living with something chronic. And, right. and that's ultimately what that support you know, it, it helps you cope on the really bad days when you don't think you can get out of bed. Right. Someone that says, I know, and they actually do know. Let's chat a little bit about Rare Disease Day. What is planned for the day and what can people actually expect? Is there something that they can get involved with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, schools and corporates, we've got a whole campaign site, which is rareware.africa that anybody can visit. There's a multitude of toolkits that are available. So you can download materials, uh, posters, tweet sheets, facts, et cetera, to share on social media. There's a variety of touch points. But I think one of the important things for us this year is that this year, the entire campaign has been around the fact that we want to, you know, shine a light on rare diseases. And as um, in response to that, we have managed to get sponsorship secured to light up the um, Fuertreco Monument, which is one oh, big key awesome. area as well as the Cape Town wheel. Um, and we also have Sandton City being lit up in our rare disease colors on rare disease day. And, you know, again, it's a visual representation. People ask, what does lighting up a building do? But it's that visual representation. And it makes you stop for one second and go, what is that about? Never thought about it. Let me find out more. Mm, and that's mm. essentially all we need from the right. public. Almost like out of sight, out of mind. So now you're making it visual, put it in the minds. Kelly, just mention again that website. You said rareaware.africa. No, no Africa. That's our campaign site specifically aimed for Rare Disease Day. Um, our generalized site is rarediseases.co.za. And that's where patients or anybody who might be listening who thinks that they may have a condition or has been diagnosed with the condition and wants to get in touch, they would visit rarediseases.co.za. But our campaign site is that rareware.africa. Brilliant. And one last question. 
Can you tell us why the 28th of Feb? So it's actually the 29th of Feb. So we have super rare days within um, the leaf years. Um, and we obviously celebrate that. But outside of that, it falls on the last day of February. And that really started off with just being a day. But around the world now, we are participating. It is a month. We celebrate rare diseases every day of the month of February. Um, it's, been, it's always been quite difficult because my birthday is on the 25th. Um, and I say I haven't celebrated my birthday properly in the last 10 years because since I've been involved in rare disease day, I'm always just so busy. But it also is just such a um, it's such a wonderful thing to have seen the growth from the very first time South Africa participated. And we are the formal um, partner for rare disease day within South Africa. And to just see how many schools and corporates year on year come up to us in February saying, what are the plans for rare disease day? We want to get involved and to see how much it means to patients. Last year, I dropped my son off at school. It wasn't last year. It was the year before last year. I think we were still homeschooling. <laughs> and um, yeah. I dropped my son off and I saw all these kids bouncing out of their cars in their jeans, wearing their little ribbons. And I just burst out into tears. And, you know, someone stopped me in the parking lot. They were like, this should be a happy day for you. And I said, it is. These are tears of joy because for just one day, his peers and his colleagues at school and his teachers take a moment to really understand his journey. And as a mom, I'm sure you know, it's like just that understanding and just that that real compassion and empathy. Like absolutely. it just it closes the gap. For yeah, us, so absolutely. It just makes all the difference. Kelly, thank you so much for chatting with me this morning. I've been chatting with Kelly Duplessis from Rare Disease South Africa. And if you're wanting more info, please visit the website rareaware.africa. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks so much.